I prefer Lauren Hill's artistry to Erica Badu's artistry, and it's because the common listener, they are used to digesting music in a certain way to mm -hmm. where if you actually don't do the things that they're used to, they'll not like it and won't know why they don't like it. Spiritually thinking, if you're in tune with what your purpose is and what your productivity is trying to put out, do not overthink it. Do not come with that bullshit. I said there's nothing to me. Ain't new to the ring. I son anybody who wanted with me. The stupidity. If it's I and it's you, well then one of these things is losing to me. Who could it be? Who could it be? Will it be you? Indubitably. Host Bader, the undisputed podcast for the independent music industry, with your hosts Clef Wonder, Jordan, and Calvin the Second. Yo, yo, what it do, y'all? Yeah. <laughs> How you feel? How you feel? Hey, I'm feeling good. It's your boy Jordan, and my boy Clef, and my hey. boy Calvin, and today we're here to have a very uh, Calvin a second, a very uh, huh controversial discussion. Is it know. controversial? Maybe I not don't controversial. Know if it's controversial. It might be. Yeah. We're here to clarify some yet. things. You know what I'm saying? Share some thoughts and opinions and stuff like that. I don't know yet. Um, <laughs> so I want to direct this question to whoever wants to answer it first. Mm. <laughs> um, I want to know. So we'll actually break this up into three. But the oh, first yeah. one. So essentially, the question is, what makes great blank? you know, in the music industry. So the first thing that I'll ask is what makes great songwriting? Oh, uh, well, so this is a great episode. <laughs> yes. It's the great episode. Yeah, this is a great one. You want to go? No. Oh. <laughs> oh, do you have that dramatic pause? I meant, at oh, I, I, I just realized you was talking to me and I was like, nah, you can go first. Nah, okay. Uh, <laughs> of course, that we should put in the thing all out of subjective, blah, blah, blah. But, <laughs> A lot of mainstream art is not subjective. It's very much, no, this works or this doesn't. Over a course of time and everything, there are absolutely tangible things that you can point at and be like, oh, well, this works when you do it or it doesn't. So you, you I guess we have, you would have to first decide what good means. Or you mean like, oh, I like it or the public like it. It's, it's popular. It works on a bigger basis and whatnot. I mean, yeah. that's not necessarily the question, but I'm curious, what are your thoughts? Do you think like, what makes it good to you or an individual or what's it makes it good to the populace? Are you asking if it's like, yeah, a professional opinion or like just mm -hmm. the mass appeal? Yeah, well, I like that. Oh, that's, okay, that's, that's a they're, good way to clarify it. I would say because, I feel like we should give it a, a professional opinion. Yeah, yeah. we have to. We, I because can't, I don't know necessarily. I'm not there, in the mind of the There's some songs mass. that I like that, and that even work. Yeah. But, they're not necessarily well written or you can't um, replicate them yeah. in a way that's going to, you know, give you a better chance of success. Right. Yeah. And this industry is hard enough in itself without working against yourself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So like you definitely. Yeah. So, yeah, for more in a more professional, popular way of what's going to work, but also be maybe good to an artistic thing or whatever, because, mm -hmm. you know, people are going to have mad opinions. So these are our opinions. Okay. Um, for me, I mean, the songwriting thing is so big. I, I'll say this. The, one of the big things that helped me out as a songwriter was when I I stopped trying to be so much of an artist and I realized that there are formulas and that formulas aren't evil. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. There are structures that have worked for the last hundred years. Mm -hmm. And, okay, so a thought that I had was I was like, these aren't, this isn't even the way that humans like to listen to music. The man is in a building somewhere and he's telling everybody, you got to listen to music like this. And as I got older and actually worked in record labels, it was like, no, <laughs> record labels are stingy and selfish. 
if they if y'all like it, they're gonna push more of that. They are following mm-hmm. what y'all are buying. So if ultimately there was a style of music or you know a format like we don't really have third verses anymore. Why? Because the public kind of pushed it that way. Yeah, which yeah, songs I mean, are much shorter right now. They said we tapped. They just changed it. Yeah, yeah. Not <laughs> it was really Drake's fault. Drake followers. stopped doing third verses, and then he was at the top and a leader, and so everybody stopped doing third verses. Mm. Oh really? And, yeah. Oh yeah. No, he would just kind of have an instrumental outro thingy, yeah. and then the song would just go away, mm. and you know it worked. So that being said, the, the one of the biggest things that helped me is that like I learned that I used to look at um, songwriting formats as like a prison cell and I learned that there it's a guardrail going up the side of a mountain it keeps Ooh. you it keeps you from falling off the edge mm-hmm. and embarrassing yourself and hurting yourself and wasting time yeah it's not it's not this prison huh. cell there's so much creativity you can have it just keeps you from like okay or and also if you know the rules you can bend them like it sometimes mm-hmm. it's like an equation like okay I know usually we're supposed to have a major pre-course here but what I'm gonna do is put it on the back end and blah 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 because there's a mathematic to it to a degree sometimes sometimes mm-hmm. boundaries are good bro yeah. like I think that bound for I always use the example of like a basketball game like mm-hmm. if you mm-hmm. just said if you told a, a basketball player like hey there's no out of bounds there's no key there's mm-hmm. no half court line it's not an art and there's no skill anymore yeah, yeah, you know yeah, what I'm saying you know, I can do I can just yeah. bring a ladder and just climb up the ladder <laughs> and drop the ball in the it's, you feel me like that's what makes it an art form that's what makes yeah, it a craft yeah. and what makes it a skill like people are so yeah. anti fuck strong Structure, fuck boundaries is like well at that no, point it's like, like how that. do you qualify mm-hmm. you know whether or not and, and not to say that yeah. you had like to your point you can bend the rules you know what i'm yeah. saying but like learn the rules and then break no them, and that, that's saying? the thing like when you know frank ocean he you know breaks a lot of the rules yeah but it's first i think about you okay lyrically it was kind of very um abstract mm-hmm. but song structure wise it was verse chorus verse chorus bridge Chorus. Bro, tail is on the side the and also he is like thinking about you. You know, no, no, no. I'm thinking about you. You Repet- know, repetition, no, no. repetition. Bro. About you. Ooh, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, because if it, he really wasn't following with structure, he wouldn't have given us the same thing twice. And that's the thing. It's like so mm-hmm. he now uh, or on his last project, Blonde or whatever, he's like all over the place. But he's kind of earned that from us. Yeah, we're like we kind of trust him to take to, for him to take us along on the ride. But he's still working with, well, he might bend the rules. He's still working within the framework of, you know, song structure. So, certain so. artists have been appointed. Like, I think Kanye is another one of those. You know what I'm saying? Where you actually sometimes, certain artists, you want them to do something that feels complete. And mm-hmm. certain artists are like, certain artists are more like a comma to me. You know what I'm saying? They're like, mm-hmm. hey, here it goes. Complete it for me. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I didn't want to perfect this. Mm-hmm. This was supposed to be chaotic and disruptive so that you could then complete the sentence. You know what I'm saying? And I think that like a Frank Ocean and a Kanye West to me are two artists that come to mind who are like that to where I'm like, I can listen to a Kanye West project and be like, that don't make no sense to me, but like that shit made me want to go in the studio and like make it make sense. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, oh, wow. Yeah. (laughs) So everybody can't necessarily do that. Like, you know, yeah. what like Beatles, most of their stuff, which are like classic songs. Mm Mm-hmm mostly traditional song structure. Mm-hmm. It's like, there's no reason to, I really had to learn, because I was really that, you know, you always talk about that woo-woo and stuff. I was so that. I was just, yeah. I've got to be different for the sake of being, mm-hmm. and it's like, no, for the sake of being different doesn't work. If you're different because, hey, I really think this could work and I'm going to see how I can make it work within the framework of this industry that is real and alive. Mm-hmm. Like, and so every now and then you hear it in pop, but it's, I hate when people use the fringe examples as a standard. Like, um, 
It's like, I think uh, in a Stevie Wonder song, the bridge is like after the first verse. Yeah. And mm -hmm. it scares me. I'm like, he put the bridge, it's like, I think it's like ass or something. The bridge is mad early in the song. Mm. I'm like, why does he, he gives it, that's after the first verse. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm like, what is he doing? And it never comes back again. It's like, yeah. whoa, he really did it mad early. There are like random things that can happen like that. And he probably, he might have done that intentionally. Like, yo, I wonder if anybody will notice. Most people didn't because he's Stevie. Because he had already, when you're coming in the gate, that's also when it's maybe more important to, like say if I was selling tires, right? And say if I actually developed an actual tire that was better than a circle and it looked like an oval. Say if it was mm -hmm. actually better. Mm -hmm. You better damn well build my confidence and that you can just make a regular tire first. Hmm. <laughs> you yeah. better damn well do that first. Yeah, that's Then fast. I'll go along with you with these oval tires that you say are better. Exactly. Then I'll go along with it. But until you can do the thing that's been working, yeah. why don't, nobody comes out the gate super crazy. I mean, again, mm -hmm. there are their fringe, you know, examples and everything. Yes, but for the most part, so, okay, to actually answer your question, as far as, like, one of the things that makes good songwriting is finding creativity within um, the maybe, like, what, the one to five different types of songwriting structure that have been working for a very long time. And not looking at that as some sort of, like, burden, but using it as, like, oh, I can do a lot of things. Let me use this structure to my benefit. Yeah. And everything, mm -hmm. as opposed to fighting against it because you want to be different and you want to be, ooh, I'm going to come at it no like you're gonna you i had to learn that i am different because nobody else can be me yeah. at this point in time with this voice in this moment nobody yeah. can do it but me so that's different enough mm -hmm. so yeah. once you're focused on that like i'm trying to when you let go of trying to be so weird and everything all the time you can actually be honest you can maybe say something that's like how you really feel and it could really touch another human being yeah, um, and you might fuck around and do something that's spontaneously yeah. weird. Yeah, exactly. you know what I'm saying. Like it's okay mm -hmm. to have guidelines, and within those guidelines, be mm -hmm. like, "Oh, let me try this." You know, let what me I'm try saying? this, or like you know, yeah. especially yeah. when you know, okay, if you know why something, because if you don't know why something, okay, here's an example. Um, really good song, it worked. He made a lot of money on it, and it was sampled a bunch. Uh, uh, all gold, everything. That song is like literally a thirty-two. What is it? It's like an eight bar chorus, a 32 bar verse, and an eight bar chorus. Mm -hmm. Kid you not, that is the entire song. It's an yeah. eight bar verse. I mean, sorry, eight bar chorus, 32 bar verse, and an eight bar chorus, the entire song. Yeah. And it worked in that moment because, but it was also more of a novelty. So you yeah. can't, that's not the example. That's the exception. exception. Yeah. So, you know, but then it's like, there's this uh, cool story I heard uh, Dr. Luke say, and I'm going to shut up for a moment. Um, Dr. Luke was talking to some producers I know and he was like you know what is wrong with you guys when I go into and I'm so sorry for butchering the story if I'm saying it wrong mm -hmm. he was like when you guys go in the studio you're trying to make magic I'm trying to make lemonade and they were of course like confused they were like what do you mean he was like well I know I'm making lemonade I know there's a certain amount of water I'm gonna need a certain amount of sugar I'm gonna need and a certain amount of lemons I don't know what how much quantity it's gonna be on a day but I know oh, I'm going to put these elements together that's going to make lemonade. You guys, you go in, you got some ketchup, Worcestershire sauce, some sand, <laughs> stardust, a banana, mm -hmm. some tinfoil, and it's magic, but then you can't repeat the steps. That part. So you don't, have a, you don't have a guideline of like, oh, how do I get back to that feeling? You're just like throwing stuff at the wall, seeing what works, as opposed to going in with a, 
oh, okay, this is something that can actually get me to that point. Yeah. Like, guarantee you, the people that are successful back to back to back, they are, they, it's it's different music and different vibes, but it's like, okay, we're get, they're getting back to that feeling. Yeah. Like, so they'll know when something's missing. Yeah. They'll know when something, I just need a little bit more of this, or I need this. They might not even be able to express what it is, but they'll be like, ah, it's missing that something, and they'll just maybe describe it in a certain way because they know how to get back there. Like, this is good, but that ah, needs a little bit more sugar. Ah, too much lemon on this one. Ooh, uh, a little bit more water, and we got it. So they're not just, it's not just random, I'm just being creative. It's like there's creativity within boundaries, like you said. Mm-hmm. Um, Damn, and, I'm not going to lie. You kind of gave my answer. Like, oh, I was trying to just echo that. But no, I mean, that's <laughs> great because that means, you know, I ain't going to talk if it's not necessary. But, <laughs> but no, talk. essentially, I feel like, feel the same. You know what I'm saying? Like, understanding the game, mm-hmm. understanding the boundaries, and then, like, making intentional choices yes within the within the game and within the boundaries you know what i'm saying wow um so i guess if i could add to that Mm -hmm. thought Mm -hmm. um one of the thoughts that i had was like i kind of feel like rappers Mm. are some of the best songwriters in the world you know what i'm saying like i think i'm so glad that my origins in terms of songwriting was rap Mm. because then i when i made the transition over to writing like pop r&b folky shit I feel like I I was given like a superpower, which is that we have to say something exciting or interesting every two to four bars. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like rappers are constantly thinking like, how can I take this to the next level? Like, how can I outwit myself? How can I like, you know, really drive this point home? So I think from a lyrical standpoint, you know, rap gives a great blueprint. Mm-hmm. You know, and I I recommend that any lyricist of any genre studies the rap genre. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Because like, I like that. Yeah, if you could, if you can get to the point where every two to four bars you're doing something intentionally exciting, mm-hmm. the, even that in and of itself will up, you know, will elevate your, you know, songwriting. That's a, actually, I love the exciting thing. That was something that I learned as I started to perform more. At first, yeah. I was just writing songs. Yeah. Then I, I started performing. I was like, oh, I'm actually standing in front of people for ten minutes at a time or more. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it informed my writing because yeah. it was like, hold up, I, if I don't have a moment here. This is boring. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. the, you have to, you write in a way, I, I think visually when I'm writing as well, like how does this look? Yeah. How does this feel? Am I giving people a moment? Is there, like, I've literally thought, like, am, I've seen crowds in my head while writing a song, like, ooh, when I do this, they're going to do this. And then I would perform it with that intention. And they literally did the thing that I thought that they would do. Because you get to this whole connection of like, oh, okay, I've done this a bunch of times and I know how people respond now. Yeah. So let me add that to my writing. But a yeah. large part of it is like, I can't just be sitting there just talking. Yeah. It, right. I mean, that mm-hmm. is a part of it, but it, if it's just that, that's boring. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What is going to keep people's, what is going to get and keep people's attention? Yeah. What are changes I can do? And or again, if you are going, go ahead, what are you saying? No, but a mm-hmm. lot of the songwriting format and little tools like, you know, repetition and stuff and whatnot, they actually have a subconscious thing that actually works with people. The funny thing is, and I was trying to tell one of my friends this, it's like, you have to understand it. like, the common listener, they are used to digesting music in a certain way to mm-hmm. where if you actually don't do the things that they're used to, they'll not like it and won't know why they don't like it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They it's won't facts. even, like, there's this amazing Yeba song that I love. And I just... The big thing, like the song might have actually charted, mm-hmm. but when they went to the second verse, they chose a different melody and they kind of put the bridge. It kind of ends up being a bridge into the second verse. And I was like, if they would have went back to the same melody in the first verse, 
I mean, I play it for people and I actually ask them to like, imagine how would that sound if they went back and it's like, oh my God, you've been off to the races. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was like, now you're cooking. You're, you believe them. You love the chorus. And then they just do something completely different on the second verse. And it's like, mm -hmm. oh man, if he would have just repeated that melody. But then there's also an argument to be made for, which mm -hmm. again goes to bending and breaking the rules. Yeah. That people going to listen to it again because they want to hear that first verse again. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Like if it don't yeah. have, so there's also, sometimes you do intentionally make the choice of like, you know what? I am going to cut it right there. You know what? I'm yeah. not going to give them that again. You know what I'm saying? Because no, they it, might it, hit that mm -hmm. repeat button. They no, might, and they I, might and run I get it that back. and everything, but it, yeah. in this case, it just took it, 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 it turned it into like a confusing, I'll probably play the song. I wish we, I don't know if we could ever play songs on this and everything, but I almost want to play the song for you guys and everything because it's, it's such a beautiful song. Like that song is just deep, yeah. but it kind of goes to a bridge on this, where the second verse should be. And it just, it kicks you out of the song. Like you have all this emotional energy and it's just mm -hmm. like, and y'all know Yeva can blow. Yeah. And so I literally am like, I want to remix that song. It irks me so bad. Yeah. I'm like, can we mm -hmm. just do it? And I will just, we'll just do something else on the second verse. Yeah. And I don't know. That actually brings me to another thought, which is like, um, another way I feel like I qualify if, and this is just, I'm not to put myself on like a high horse by any means, but just mm -hmm. my personal taste. You That's know a what short saying? horse. Yeah. <laughs> a little pony <laughs> Like horse. another way that I qualify great songwriting um, or a great songwriter rather is like, if you're not dependent on like leaning into the abstract, you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like, cause no, real <laughs> oh, talk, like no, some, I know people, what it is. some people, it's like everything that they do is abstract and everything that they do is make of it what you will. And, yeah, and to me, man. sometimes it feels like an excuse <laughs> yeah, for not man. being able to clearly deliver your point or your thought. Look, you know what I'm I, saying? I'm like, glad you're talking about <laughs> yeah. this because I, look, man. I this is the thing I personally love that yeah but I refuse to do that because it's like I want I want people to grab what I'm doing at a certain point I, there are some artists that like kind of uh can do it and they do it half like what's one thing I liked about Lord like a lot of her stuff is abstract yeah but she she does these things it's like she it's ebb and flow it's really stream of consciousness that's the way she kind of writes yeah and so there'll be these very foundational tangible things and then something and abstract like you know that's uh, perfect that's balanced and it's, so it's like it's balanced so it, it, it's like this thing that you can relate to and it's something that's very fanciful that you can't relate to or like yeah. oh that's a what no uh -huh. no let me clarify like, it, and then it brings it back and then it like kind of so it's kind of this ebb and flow of like abstractness yeah and no I, exactly and I love that I, yeah. let me clarify that like abstract can be awesome. I'm saying if you are dependent on on abstract, that, if everything that saying. you do is abstract, yeah. I look at it as like, oh, maybe there's an undeveloped muscle. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think the abstract should <sighs> again be a tool. You know what I mean? Like, okay, I'm going, I'm going to intentionally be a little bit more abstract here. You know what I'm saying? And then when it, when the hook comes, I'm going to clarify this. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Or like, oh, this is just going to be my, this is going to be my left of center record, and they going to make of it what they will. But like. I'm gonna bring them back with the next record. You now, know? Like, I, I have to ask this one: who, who isn't? And no, it's okay. We love everybody, but who's maybe? Or is there a, is there an artist that you're thinking maybe does that? There's one I'm clearly thinking of. <laughs> but, okay, so so for that conversation, so let me first say that I actually love this artist. Mm -hmm. But the conversation that I always have, um, yeah, I've actually had this several times this last no, year. Please. Is um, Lauren Hill versus Erica Badu, right? Mm. That, and, and that debate. Um, and I personally am a strong advocate for like, I think I prefer Lauren Hill's artistry to Erica Badu's artistry. And it's because granted Erica Badu such a vibe. She's like, 
she is such a I I have nothing really horrible to say about her, mm. but I will say that I have to be in a particular space to ingest her music. Mm. And nine times out of ten, it's more of like an energetic thing. You know what I'm saying? It's more like, oh, like this is it's almost, if I'm honest, it's almost background music. You know what I'm saying? It's almost like I'm trying to set a vibe. You know what I'm saying? But mm. like I I listen to Lauren for again clarity of thought, you know what I'm saying? And like just like lyricism you know what I mean she's and like, saying exactly he, he, what she means I, I like, am boom, a boom, communicator boom. and I am here to communicate a point and when you are done listening to this and granted that's not to say she don't lean into the abstract as well she has both muscles because if you listen to the Unplugged uh, oh uh, yeah it Unplugged, was like, you're like what the it's, hell it's a lot of stuff where you like wait a minute what the hell the are mystery you of about? iniquity you know what I'm saying Adam mm. lives in theory you know but like I just feel like that. that's that's the first comparison point that comes to mind in terms of like whose catalog I prefer over the other for that reason. I thought that. But again, <laughs> let me clarify like, I fuck with Erica Badu heavy. Oh, no, know? everybody. Yeah, I thought that you were either going to say Frank Ocean or Kendrick Lamar. Oh. Cause like yeah. sometimes, and I love Kendrick, his, I have a CD in my car right now. Um, I found it and it's just, it made its way into my CD player and I haven't taken it out. So I keep listening to his songs. Uh, good kid, man. What the hell are you talking about? You got a CD player? I know, right? I didn't know I had one. <laughs> I was cleaning out of storage. I don't know why you talking about archaic technology. Bro, like, you just I, aged no, everybody this thing. Was listening. I was cleaning out of storage. Anybody under 20 was like, I, I cleaned out a storage about. facility. <laughs> like, a storage unit. Jesus, a storage players. facility. And there was a CD there. And I was like, oh, dope. And I was like, oh. oh. things that look like DVD? Yeah, it's crazy. And I put it in and it wow. played. And I was like, oh, this is nice. Um, but yeah, like sometimes he can lose me. Uh, but you know I'm along for the ride and sometimes I have like you know but then he'll have the track I feel like he does that balance thing yeah. but he he does it song to song like some songs abstract you ain't getting nothing but and then other songs is like oh this is my single so yeah. you gotta understand me a little bit because I need to reach and everything and so you know that sometimes you sometimes you like a riddle bro that's what it is like that's how <laughs> uh, I, I, consider, I consider them uh, riddle it, yo they, they make riddles riddle. bro and you're like huh it do okay. be a riddle you're like like I, I like the challenge of filling in the blanks for you. However, sometimes I'm like, are you capable of filling in those blanks, though? And that's the question for me that makes me go like, oh, yeah. are you excellent or are is this a crutch? Like, yeah. are you capable of filling in those blanks or are you not filling Let, in those blanks because... Go ahead, and I'll pay devil's advocate. Why do, why you need to know it? Hold on, what? I, I think that's... The, at, the, at the end of the day, that comes down to like this... <laughs> almost like the... The sport of it, I, I'm involved in the sport of it because I do it professionally. Uh, okay, so you look so at it as saying. a contemporary. Exactly. Okay, because that's because uh, the reason why I let y'all talk because y'all were kind of on the same plane, and I wanted y'all to get all through your points before yeah. you say that because I was going to be not on the same plane with y'all. That's like perfect. It. Yeah, like, no, no, so, yeah, I like give it. me a thought. Yeah. <laughs> so, and it's it's not devil's advocate. It is mm -hmm. half devil's advocate, and me leaning into it versus you know I agree with of the points that were said before, mm -hmm. but. I would hold myself accountable to looking at songwriting as essentially uh, a universe comprised of these, oh, damn. Here we go. all of these different planets and all of these planets represent purpose mm. and the purpose of the song. Mm. And the thing is, so that's why I think is when you're trying to, you know, denote a great songwriter, mm -hmm. you need to understand the purpose of the song or the purpose of the songwriter. Because they're the reason why you like rappers because they're great lyricists. Yes, but melodically they can be terrible. True. So the reason why you might like great singers mm -hmm. is because they know how to deliver 
but they might be terrible at songwriting themselves. But it's very catchy. And, it's, so, and, it's, and they emote as well. Yeah, and they emote. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so things like, so and it's based on the purpose of the song. So, or the purpose of the writer as far as what they are to deliver because there are some artists that are only there to deliver the abstract because you can't have it any other way. Because, of, so the purpose of their songs, I think we skipped over is like, who is it appealing to? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who's the song for? That's yeah. good. So, yeah, that, that, that's a great point. Yeah. So like, yeah. So the thing is, a lot of us, a lot of us are judging certain songs that even make it into the masses because it was a really good song that made it into the masses, but it was never intended for us. Oh yeah. No, yeah. There, so, there's sometimes, <laughs> there's a lot of times I've had that just be like, oh, this isn't for me. It's, it's not, uh, yeah, exactly. It's, it's really fine. not even intended for us, but because the success of the record, now it's part of the, it's in the ether. It's part of the, the avant-garde. It's part of the in, it's part of the out. But um, so when I think about that, I always go back to purpose. So like for me, when it comes to great songwriting, it's going to come down to very simple uh, notions, just like y'all said, but I'm always about story, mm-hmm. but it's not the story. Well, it's not only the story of what's written. You have the delivery of lyric, melody, rhythm, and my most favorite space. And there's not a great uses of space and Dude. some and something certain writer, songwriters out there that a lot of people think are great. Not saying that they're not great, but I've noticed that they don't use space at all mm-hmm. because. And I'm not saying this is narcissism, but they don't like to hear the music without their voice. Mm. No, nah, that's so, something and, that uh, I, I've actually commended. Hold up, hold on. Writers. I want him to complete the thought because I feel oh, like no, he's no, coming no. in like a sage right now. <laughs> yeah. 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 He's even holding his hands like that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, like, because the thing is, I'm not disagreeing with anything y'all said because we're pretty much all on the same page. But I'm, no, you're going deeper, I, and I but like it. I'm going <laughs> deeper only because you know I got this from someone else who told me to listen to it differently, and these are and then these turned out to be some great songwriters. They like won you know, John Lennon competitions and stuff like that. So it was just like, yeah. So like going back to what I said with the song, it's the delivery of lyric, melody, rhythm, and space. Mm. Um, And many times a great songwriter will tell a story in all four quadrants. Yeah. Just tell a song, a story with melody, story with rhythm, story with space, and obviously the story with the lyric. And, um, I just got chills, bro. You're giving like a musical sermon right now. <laughs> but the thing is, you can feel it because the thing is, some people will just do a um, uh, a gradual increase or a progressive load of density when it comes to music. Like, think of it as like, you know, even when you're weightlifting, sometimes uh, if you're lifting weights, mm-hmm. you know, when you want a progressive load, you want to add more reps, you want to add more weight, you want to add more time in between your rest and stuff like that. So even when songwriting, a lot of times people start out, you know how sometimes if it's they want to get you somewhere, they start off a little bit small giggles, a little bit of lyric here, a little bit of lyric there, not too, too much notes. So basically your line, melodic, melodic line is kind of doing this. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then yep. as I the song I do that. progresses, it turns into a very thick sine wave. Yep, I yeah. do that. And it also does that rhythmically. And then you notice how even with rap, or even with pop songs, we double up on rhythm in the second verse. Mm-hmm. So, and then you do the same thing with melody. You change your dy- dynamic range of melody, meaning that your intervalactic structure, like you're more likely to move further with that line. You add more higher notes, you go a little lower, you thicken your harmonies and things like that. And then people could go the opposite. They progressively lo- leave less space for you to operate. 
yeah. towards the end because they probably just, you know, just demonstrated their point earlier. Mm-hmm. So, but one thing I I love about songwriters because there are songwriters that are great, not just punchline writers, but, you know, there are people that are delivering messages, but they're also giving you great puns, great double entendres and things like that. My pet peeve is if you miss out on space, not everybody, I have to say it like this, not everybody is as smart as you who wrote the song. Oh, my God, yes. So when you do all of these things, you hit all these genius moments. You didn't let the song breathe to let us yeah. do that. Oh, you said that. Yeah. No, you know, absolutely. Sometimes that goes by so fast, and then you got, you know, the geniuses of the world, or just even just the high IQ people or the audiophiles. It's just like, yeah, but he said from this to the, that and then that and the this and then all of this and that, and then they were rapping like this. And I'm like, oh, I missed all of that. No, that's a that's but, uh, a. But I, you're I right. That was you, a great line. I would have noticed that if like yeah. the certain things, you know. Um, I love the way that you describe that because like I've tried to explain that to people. Like, mm-hmm. I tell people like, no, put yourself in the mindset of somebody who's listening to this for the first time. Mm-hmm. They're not you. They're not writing the song. Right. So they're hearing it, and hopefully you can grab their attention. But if it's just like, they can't really. There's nothing to grab onto. Yeah. So you know, and as a producer. Uh, I mean, if you're going to be a great producer, you're going to have to learn that early. And that's something I learned. And I'm not going to say, I didn't say I'm, I did not learn, learn it early mm-hmm. because as a producer, working with a songwriter, uh, producers, we learn how to make music before a song a lot of times. Oh, you no, know, absolutely. Can, because a lot of you are learning how to make beats first. Or even if you know music, you just, you may not have been working with like a songwriter that knows how to really write around a song. And then you learn working with like a really good songwriter. Let's just say someone above your pay grade. They'll just let you know. You sometimes you can produce a song so much musically. Yeah, you've left nothing for the artist to do. Yeah. So, and then I've experienced that for sure. Yeah, and you you just you can't really do that. You can't really produce a good story if basically it's like a street fighter fight versus producer versus yeah. songwriter fight. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like, and you're just like competing for space in the record, yeah. or it's competing for existence and relevance. It's like this is the hottest part because the beat hit like this. Well, this is the hottest part because I lay it down like that, and things like that. So, you know, those those best songs I think come in where they are. At you know, no way of saying it's not cheesy, but you know, song and lyric and music comes in very harmoniously to respect all of those four quadrants of lyric melody rhythm and space mm-hmm. and then like and that's why we love so much the power ballad era of the 90s where just whitney houston for example it's a her version of dolly parton's i will always love you you get to that break and it's just boom and I, <laughs> just right. like the, she gave you two seconds to be like well, what's about to happen oh that's about to happen yeah. and the thing is the music came in, supported her completely. Key change, goes Key up change half step. and they came in thick with new, um, new uh, instruments to carry the harmony on the bottom. Let her soar over the top. They increased her reverb on that part, and they gave it space. The yeah. song was just like, "Y'all not ready for this shit." Mm-hmm. So catch your breath. Mm-hmm. Here we go. Like, look on YouTube and watch babies watch her sing this. Like, they always have a crazy reaction Ooh. to when she sings that note. I'm gonna I, play I, that I, to my daughter. So, oh yeah, and I, I think it's because it. maybe it gives you the feeling of like, some oh, finality whoa. at when she said, you know, and they don't, you know, babies don't understand form a song. We know the song's not over. Yeah. They don't know. They was just like, oh, that's nice. Oh, oh, it's not yeah. done. <laughs> it's not done. 
You're not done. Right. You're not done. Mm-hmm. That's fact. You know, and um, and that's what I'm saying. Like, and the reason yeah. why we love that song so much is partly because of that delivery. You yeah. know, that apex. You know, we don't know. Like, I hate to say it, but we're not as much anymore. I'm not going to say this because I know people are still doing it, mm-hmm. but we're not as much anymore delivering an apex in the music. Yeah, we're not delivering no, like this is the Everest of this song. Yeah, this a lot is of what stuff you're is kind of coast. Everything flatlines for sure. It flatlines is a coast, and I'm just like, I was just like, do we have to only listen to the Adele's of the world to get a performance, um, an emotional story? Yeah. I agree. Yeah, I, I actually that's something that I miss in, in yeah pi- in like mainstream songwriting structure is. And, and and just in general, I think in the culture of music, I miss vulnerability and yeah. I miss mm-hmm. like the the importance of the emotional story. I think that in general, culture has become very a numbing culture mm-hmm. where it's it's more about like being too cool and that don't phase me and I'm trying to empower myself or whatever. And it's like I want to mm-hmm. I want to feel your heart. You know what well, I'm saying? I, I, but, I feel like everybody's sad right now too. But but yeah, I think everyone sad is sad in a very sad in a very sedated way. Like it's like it, it's more of like a. Like, I don't want to feel anything because I'm sad in life mm-hmm. and I don't want to feel versus like really tapping into the depth of that sadness and really expressing it and emoting it. I think mm-hmm. there's two different kinds of sadness. One is like, I am just like, yeah, I'll say just numb. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm so sad and sad has become so regular mm-hmm. that it's just, it's more like here. It's a monotone sadness. You know what I'm saying? Mm. But all that to say, I feel like, to be honest, you gave all the subtext. Like, I feel like Calvin was one side of the bread. I was the other side of the bread. And you came in and you was like, <laughs> I right, here's the ingredients in the meat. Like, you broke it down on a microscopic level. Yeah, we definitely. Yeah, we definitely touched on every angle. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we, we did. And, uh, leave, your, leave your thoughts on the, uh, in the as comments. As far as, like, songwriting. When it comes to songwriting. Because, like, um, basically, you know, I guess we get the vibe that we do re- we do miss certain songwriting. That's one thing. You know, we do miss the apex music, but we also can get over um, whelmed with people who just want to confuse you mm-hmm. in the song. And I was just like, and I'm fine with being confused a lot if I know that this song was never for me in the per- first place. I just stumbled upon it, and that's fine. I'll I'll do that. So you know, so- but but if it's if it is for us. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to, like, you can't always feed us vegetables. We need meat, fruit, some chips. Right. That's funny. Yeah, I I think I agree. And I really like (laughs) what you said, too, about um, the purpose of that particular artist, that particular voice. Yeah, because because, like, there's some people that, like, would would wage to say, no, you can at me in the comments for this because this is actually controversial because of like when it comes to like, you know, true songwriters like yourselves, but for the purpose of what they are delivering, mm-hmm. some of the greatest songwriters of the last two decades were the black eyed peas. Hmm. You know? Okay. So, but for, for the purpose, yeah, I get what you mean. In their what, lane, in their, their lane. lane for what they were delivering. Like we are deli- <laughs> they were delivering, I, delivering I, I, I a good completely. time. Words out of my mouth. They <laughs> were only delivering a good time. <laughs> And they were just like, and the thing is, they hit so hard with all those number ones because it was just like, you know, if you know how we spiritually thinking, 
if you're in tune with what your purpose is and what your productivity is trying to put out, mm-hmm. I I guarantee you they were all in that room like we are putting out a party on a record. That part, mm-hmm. yeah. Do not overthink it. Do not come with that bullshit. That's funny. So, yeah, they and probably then, said that exactly. Yeah, and they and they put out a party on a record, and every time it hit, boom, 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 mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, nah, they they and that's they, literally, that's intentionally it. not overthinking it. Boom, They're not. Boom, oh, yeah, boom. and I think like yeah. so like he literally probably just felt like okay, I want something to feel like this, and it was like no, yeah. no, no, that no, it's probably literally recorded. the eight hundred eight was doing that, and yeah. he was like, let's not put words to it. Yeah, let's just say. Boom, boom, boom. Exactly. <laughs> like, so, like in the in the universe of songwriting, they're the, you know, the Saturn of that, you know. And then the, in the universe of songwriting, when you got the the Freak Hutchins and the Kendrick Lamars, we'll put them on Pluto mm-hmm. because that's a planet Pluto. that's not for everybody. Clearly, and it's not even always a planet. It's not even always a planet. <laughs> So no, like, that's great. It's yeah. It's, it's the it's the basketball team theory. It's like you don't want a bunch of point guards on the team. You yeah. know what I'm saying? If you want to watch an entertaining game, you need the one, the two, the three, the four, the five. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so, exactly. and, so everyone is there to express a different thing and for a different purpose. I, I love it. T- to your point about like you know the purpose of a song. Like I think that you know especially when people get older and stuff, they start getting really critical yeah. of songs that are out now. And yeah. it's like okay, like somebody could easily be over the age of what 30 and then say oh a little uzi bird i just want to rock oh that's whack mm-hmm. but to the people it's for for to who it, it's for. bro i've yeah. been to a concert yeah. when that came on it's different for who it, it is for. Hits. i mean like it's a hard lesson it to learn hits. because like the minute you realize that you have dissimilar tastes of the masses when it comes to urban music it, you, your ears are no longer to the street. But no, the funny thing yeah, is, so like I, I learned, <laughs> I learned that at uh, my old boss at Atlantic Records, Daryl Jones. Shout out Daryl Jones. Um, he said something to me in the office, and I w- I had to ask him because it didn't make any sense. It was this Britney Spears record that was out at the time. It was a, she was doing a comeback, or I don't know. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I remember we listened to the song in the office, and he was like, Oh, this song uh, was like I hate this song. It's gonna do great. And I was like. <laughs> What? That and he was like a very I profound. And I, he was, it. I, 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 I literally it. I had to it. ask him, and I was like, uh, <laughs> "Sir, what do you mean?" And he was like, "Oh, okay." He realized I didn't get it. He was like, "You have to be able to discern between your personal taste of what you like and what the masses like, and it's and okay also, that it's not the same thing all the time." And I'll yeah. add to that: yeah. what makes a good songwriter producer, as far as like even us and people on our level mm-hmm. doing certain things that we. We may not even know about ourselves at this point. Some of us don't know our barometer of oh my God. where we fit in the industry as far as what we love. Because mm-hmm. the thing is, yep. you need to have a love, hate, zero to ten situation. Mm-hmm. Where things you hate, zero. Things you love and that you do that you love, ten. And then you need to find out, you know, based on everything that you put out, what number is the most successful you do. If you find mm-hmm. out that Bro. your most successful music is a four, then you need to figure out what the purpose is for your music because your your purpose is for success, monetary gain. You need to make sure you're around that four because when, when you put out them fours, you're making dollars. Bro. When you put out them eights, they're like, you only getting the deep cuts and listeners and stuff like that. You only getting the B-side and this is maybe. You never know. I, but I, know where you are on your barometer. Like, Because yeah. the thing is, your barometer could be different. You may not have that in-depth style of songwriting and your favorite songs are the masses' favorite songs, and then you just hit the lottery because you just got to do what the fuck you want to do all the time. Yeah. So, like, no, yeah, that sweet spot of yeah. what you love and what they oh love. My God. Yeah. I've literally like put that on a graph for people to see. Yeah. It's like you're gonna like certain things, but 
people don't want everything from you. Right. And that is not a bad thing. Like once you, again, there's this whole process of me just realizing that it is an industry mm-hmm. and that it's okay. And that, you know, you, there is stuff for you to do within it and stuff. So figuring out like, okay, what do, of all the things I would like to do, what do people like for me? Yeah. And it might not be your favorite thing that you like to do. Yeah. But it's like you, you this is a service industry. And I know that it's maybe we don't think about that. But yeah. this is very much a service industry. It's a service industry. This is to make money. I, Industry King. is based on service. Yeah. 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 It's we have to, we're not just making stuff for ourselves. There is a consumer. Now, yeah. a cool thing, I can't remember who I heard that somebody was asking this jazz musician, asked him a deep question. It was like, oh, who does the jazz person who does the pianist make music for? Uh, the most um, the himself or the listener and the answer I think it was when Marcellus he's up like well the instrumentalist is the first listener yeah and I was like Jesus it's, yeah. I about passed out so your taste is important yeah and he yeah. said that right uh, yeah. I, he, I forgot what I about that fainted was. when but I heard it's, that it's a very, it's a very you can look up that fainted. clip you can look up that clip it's that's such a very a good clip. important clip that lets you know that you know your personal taste mm-hmm is the first thing that will affect everything It's the first else. filter. For real. It's the first filter, you know? And you'll know, based on what people like or don't like, mm-hmm. what your taste is. Not saying it's good taste, not saying it's bad taste, but you're going to find out if your taste is similar to the masses or dissimilar. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean you can't be successful. You just need to be a good you writer. Gotta and, there's a, and there's a you season too. And like it's, it's about studying the, t- the times and the yes. seasons, as yeah. PT used to it, say. Exactly. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> studying right. the times and the seasons and understanding yeah. that it, not every season is your season, but everything moves cyclically. And yeah. you got to know when to jump in. You yeah. know or actually, that more, more than that, you got to be consistent and you got to be true, you know what I'm saying, to what it is that you do and understand yeah. that your time. Yeah. You know, will come. So yeah, yeah. do you? Like, if, if I feel like you're gonna have seasons. If you want to stick to your season, stick to your season. But if you, it, it also, I'm not hating on people who just like are, you know, they're trying to wear a lot of hats in the songwriting industry. So if, like, that's me. If, I mean, as a you, sync writer. Yeah, if you like, if you're scene right, sync writer, you gotta know how to code switch. Black people do it all the time. <laughs> Literally, so I was do. gonna say I was gonna say that same point. It, it just it also depends because I I realize I look at songwriting through a different lens because I am somebody who am in this kind of a session one day and this mm-hmm. kind of a session the next day, and even my artistry, I'm expressing all of that. You yeah, know because what I'm you like, gotta physically close, but you gotta think yeah. differently. The thing is, those sessions are different. Yeah, you know, like you yeah. gotta you like oh, I'm in this. Yeah, type of record, <laughs> and then yeah. I'm like, and then you're like, I'm like this type of record, and you're yeah. just like. Literally, yeah. You know, it's like, and you got a code switch, and sometimes you might have to do that more than once or twice a day. And that's like, look, if you need to have a coffee or a shot of whiskey, you need to change your mood if you're a code switcher. But if you're not, just write your own songs and do what you're going to do. Yeah, not everyone is built for that. But I was going to say, y'all, I don't know about y'all. I think that the songwriting portion was an episode in of itself. It was. Like, I feel like we just gave them songwriting. I would love to do the follow-up episode with what makes great production. Yeah, we just don't have to do that. We tap on it slightly, but we can really go in Yeah, yeah. All right, so let's let's do... So this is the songwriting episode for all of y'all who wanted, you know what I'm saying, some insight onto what makes Mm -hmm. great songwriting. Ultimately, decide what it is for you. Um, and next up, and yeah, what makes great production? Yeah, mm-hmm. and study the people you study the greats. They didn't. They aren't successful by accident. That part mm-hmm. for a long period of time. Like Bruno Mars, every song, standard songwriting formula. Mm-hmm. Yeah, top. <laughs> They're all winning for yes, a reason. Sir. It's not a prison. It's a guardrail. 
That's it. Calvin said, I'm getting the last word. <laughs> no, I, I like, saw your finger. I was like, <laughs> I, I knew was, you were going to hit it. He was just like, and that's it. Yeah. For now. <laughs> Till next time. Till we meet Same again. Same bad channel. <laughs> oh, man. All Bye, right. y'all.